Well, 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 thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful, wonderful musical introduction. What a, what a talented composer Jungle Jim is. That's right, Jungle Jim, our musical director here for Falling Up. <clears throat> good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good whatever it is for you. This is Tim Marr, and this is Failing Up, recording from the bowels in the basement located along the shores of the Seneca River, of course, which leads right up into the Oswego River. Once you go through a block, you get your boat right up the street here, about two miles up, you go through the block, you get into the Oswego River, then you just take that boat all the way up to Lake Ontario, which is not really that far. Hover out into Lake Ontario, and then you're able to go all the way to Toronto, Buffalo, all the other Great Lakes, right up through uh, Huron, Superior, the mighty Lake Michigan. Have you ever flown over Lake Michigan? It looks like a, an ocean. My gosh, an ocean. Take it right up the St. Lawrence River, through the beautiful Thousand Islands, and right out to the Atlantic Ocean, and throughout the world, just like my voice. That's right, this is failing up. Don't forget to go to my website at timothymahar.org, and you can get a sense of who I am and what I do, and uh, really be uh, interested to get some feedback on that. But again, here we are in May. This is uh, the weekend of May 22nd and 23rd, a week away from Memorial Day weekend. The country is opening back up. Vaccines are um, still occurring. There is a population that, um, for whatever reason, um, besides medical uh, inability, do not want to have vaccines. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, uh, but for the most part, uh, the country is opening up and we're starting to experience and, and I think uh, experience the jubilation and the joy of, of knowing that we have really uh, gone through quite an extraordinary period in our history um, and, and are coming out on it. Um, not to forget the over 500,000 individuals who've lost their lives in, um, through COVID and the multiple of individuals who are still suffering with lasting effects of the disease and then a special thanks goes out to our incredible healthcare workers, essential workers, and all those individuals that did and continue to um, provide support for, for the rest of us during during this pandemic. And it really, you know, anytime you, we go through any type of crisis, it just comes to the forefront that the hidden heroes in the shadows, you know, the hidden heroes in the shadows really come forth. And we just realize who, uh, <clears throat> who are the backbones to our uh, communities and our uh, way we live our life and who keep who protects us, who keeps us safe, who keeps us healthy, and who, we, who do we call in the middle of the night? And that's really incredible, and I want to thank all of you. And this is Failing Up. That's right. This weekend in May, a week, uh, a week away from Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial kickoff of summer. Of course, summer isn't officially uh, summer until the um, June uh, solstice, and that's when I believe that's June 21st, and that's the the longest day of the year, and that's when, if you go to Newgrange in Ireland, the light goes right into the to the uh, cave. And uh, once a year, that was designed, you know, thousands of years ago. It's incredible that that was designed. We had the opportunity, my wife and I, to go and and check that out uh, in uh, in the mid 90s, and it was really quite an extraordinary uh, 
experience. We weren't there for the solstice, but we we're able to go right into the cave where the light comes in and lights up at the end of the uh, cave like a like a laser coming in. We also happen to be in uh, Dublin on Bloomsday, which is the famous um, day of uh, uh, Joyce's uh, novel, Bloomsday. So that's a, um, a famous day at the Dubliner. That's a famous day in there. But um, <clears throat> so excuse me again. Boy, let's take a swig of a little Diet Coke here. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, <clears throat> nothing like hearing somebody swallow. Isn't that something, you know? I think whenever, whenever I used to hear somebody swallow, or I still do, I automatically have to swallow myself. So if I hear somebody swallow, all of a sudden I have to swallow. Hmm. I'm like one of Pavlov's dogs. But here we are, you know, um, and I think, you know, coming through just incredible time in our history with, it, with the pandemic, but another extraordinary time in our history, and that's a country that remains divided, a country that remains, remains divided. And I'm not here to, to preach from the political pulpit. I think we're getting enough of that these days. I really don't um, want to do that. I don't feel a need to do that. But what I do feel a need is to talk about the um, power of propaganda and the machines that run propaganda and how propaganda um, has impacted the world throughout history and how propaganda today has come back. And I think propaganda has come back today in a way that hasn't been as prevalent since, since uh, the late 1930s in, in Germany uh, at the beginning of World War II. And it was that propaganda machine that was constantly uh, fed to the masses in a country that was still in uh, a country that was still restructuring from World War One, which it had uh, faced defeat. And there were people, and, and, the, and the masses wanted to hear a message. They wanted to hear a message, and they wanted to hear, you know, their message. And they wanted to feel their value. And the propaganda machine at that time fed into that. It fed into that. And it rallied individuals that otherwise wouldn't have been rallied. And it, 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 it created a truth through consistency. And that's what propaganda does. It's a truth, a false truth through consistency, through consistent messaging. And no matter what, that messaging stays consistent. No matter how much of a lie that messaging is, it stays consistent. And the theory is if we keep telling the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, eventually people will believe, some people will believe that it is the truth. Because we want to believe what we want. We want to hear what we want to hear. And that goes back to being a child. We want to hear what we want to hear. You know, uh, we don't want to, if somebody tells us that we can't do that, well, we want to find somebody who says, well, you can do that. We want to hear that. Um, and so... The propaganda, of course, back in the late 1930s, mid to late 1930s, led to World War II, a world war. Uh, the propaganda, the propaganda that's being um, put out today has divided a nation. And it's really, uh, it's really a unique, it's a unique perfect storm. This is the perfect storm um, for propaganda. This is a perfect, perfect storm for this messaging. And again, I'm not here pointing fingers. I'm not here to, you know... Um, get into get into debating the the policy issues because there are, the thing is there are very little policies right now but what i am here to talk about is propaganda and communication in the sense of rhetorical uh studies and propaganda 
And this perfect storm is so unique because at one point we had a president of the United States who was really a, um, uh, a realtor in, in New York City, uh, kind of a shady realtor, but, uh, but an individual who understood and understands the um, power of the media and how to manipulate the media and eventually became a reality TV uh, personality. I don't know if it was a star, but it was a personality. So he had possessed all the skill sets of an individual who knew, knows and knew how to manipulate communication and uh, knows and, and, and had no problem in um, standing up and, and doing that and, 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 and you know, utilizing the media. Also understood the value of that individuals like shock and individuals like somebody they feel that's speaking for them when in fact the individual really is not speaking for them but the individual in this case is taking from them but the messaging the consistent messaging um in a, in a, in a way makes it a, a reality so the consistent messaging about an election which is totally false some people will believe that because they want to believe that because it gives them a self-value they want to believe that things are rigged because things are rigged then they have a, a reason to say why well you know I'm getting screwed over or if things are rigged this is why things aren't going my way it provides an excuse and the communicator in this case understands that so the communicator uses that messaging to let people know that he got screwed ie you got screwed ie we got screwed and then it becomes us against them when really it's challenging uh, our, our democracy. And then you get into, and then it filters in. And it's really interesting because then this propaganda uh, positions the individual, in this case, the former president, positions him in a place of power and influence. Influence is power. And he has a tremendous amount of influence because through the false messaging, through the consistent once it's consistent and he's very good at sticking to that message and once you stick to that message and it's consistent it becomes reality to those that want to hear it because there's no need to question it because no matter who questions it or no matter how it's questioned or or no matter every time it's shot down it still comes back you know it still comes back even though it's it's a blatant lie it still comes back so it must be true it's got to be true because they're all saying it and that validates it and makes it true uh, propaganda 101 and then <clears throat> what occurs is those other individuals in positions of decision makers or authority realize that the uh, the communicator who is a master of manipulation and an influencer has influenced a group that holds their future and their ambitions in the palm of their hands and therefore the palm of his hands and then what happens is they start not to really behind the doors buy into the myth and the propaganda but what they do is they perpetuate it and they perpetuate it for their own self gain and this is all pretty obvious and then you get into the and they perpetuate it to a point where it's absurd but yet it's believed I mean seeing is believing seeing is believing and we can't pick and choose what we actually see on television or what we actually see that is recorded 
and pick and choose what is real and what isn't real. You know, when a, an African-American man is beaten to death by uh, police officers in Louisiana, and it's written in a report that it's a car accident, and two years later, we see what happened, it becomes reality, and it's true. When the capital of the United States is stormed by insurrectionists with flags with Trump's name on it, and they want to hang the vice president, and they want to hang the speaker, kill the speaker of the house, they're breaking through doors, they're ripping up through uh, hallways, guns are drawn by security, congressmen and senators are barricading doors. One of them who's barricading a door goes on to television and says that it was just another day like a tour. While the video is played next to him, you have to wonder how, how far can you stretch something where what we see in that case isn't believable? Why isn't it believable? Why can an individual who was fighting, who was scared for his life, holding back a door, you know, five months later say, well, it wasn't real. It was like another day at the sh at work. But yet that message continues that it really wasn't that bad. But yet there's the video. Yet there are the deaths of Capitol Police officers, one by suicide, one as a result of the actions of that day. That's pretty powerful propaganda when uh, we see something. We see it and we still don't believe it. We see it and it's being twisted in a way that um, hoping that it, that it will change, that, that the narrative will change, that for some reason it won't be uh, actually the, as ugly as it was. And that's the power of propaganda because, again, there are individuals who want to hear that and want to believe that. They want to believe that because they want to believe that because of that, their situations suck. Their situations aren't good. They're getting screwed over. Uh, and it validates all of that <clears throat> and its manipulation through that. And it's, it's just an extraordinary time. It's an extraordinary time that has occurred through the past four years into five years. And now that, that lying has become a norm, that not telling the truth has become a norm, that disregarding the obvious has become a norm. Uh, it's really... It's really remarkable and it's really dangerous. It's really dangerous, you know? It's really dangerous when when our capital gets stormed and lives are lost and and, and yet people want to believe that it wasn't that bad and those individuals want to promote that dialogue for their own benefit, for their own benefit. To be the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, of a house that's divided. Not to be the Speaker of the House, but be the Speaker of half the House. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the power of propaganda. That's the power of what we don't, uh, of the messaging. That's the power of the communicated messaging that goes out. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do? What do you do when it's so powerful? What do you do when there's a propaganda machine? And they are machines. And even in World War II, Germany had a machine. It was, make no mistake, it was a propaganda machine because it takes a lot. And, and right now there is a propaganda machine, you know, that, that does this. They have their own media. Now, what do you do, you know? So the only way to uh, counterbalance it is to consistently, 
consistently tell the truth. Consistently tell the truth. And consistently show the truth. And consistently, uh, as, as much as the tainted message is going out, it has to be counterbalanced by the truthful message. It has to be counterbalanced by the facts. And oh yes, there will be those that that will hear what they want to hear, and there will be those that, um, you know, still uh, won't believe it. But it has to be balanced. It has to be a point counterpoint, and the counterpoint has to be more powerful than the point. And it goes into just like in an improv scene, when we're given information in the scene, we react to that information and we move it forward. So every time a lie is perpetuated, every time that something is 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 that is um, false is tried to be made into fact, that has to be countered. That has to be taken in, absorbed, chewed up, digested, turned around, and it comes back out. And it comes back out twofold. It comes back out just as strong as it went in, and it comes out to those groups that uh, are believing it. And after a while, and that goes, it gets exhausting. And there will always be those that, yes, there will always be those that, um, want to believe want to believe what they want to believe but um you know it's uh it's 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 something that you can never be lazy with you can't be lazy with communication you know it's a in organizations you'll always hear well we have a problem with communication we have, we have a problem with communication we have a failure to communicate. We're just not. What does that mean? I mean, it, no one's. Everyone's coming to work. Everyone's, you know, and they're not communicating, not talking to each other. That's just a cover up for other things. You know, if you have a problem with communication, you know, you, you have all kinds of issues. Then you you could have anything from uh, a hostile work environment to just uh, you know wrong people in the wrong place. You know, leader leaders leading into the wall. You know, it's not a it's it's not about the communication. It's why is it broken down? Why are, why don't people want to communicate? Why are they lazy with their messaging? That's what it comes down to, and that's the communication is just symptomatic of many large. Just like in a in any relationship, oh, we're just not communicating anymore. Why the frick aren't we communicating anymore? Because I don't want to because you annoy me. It just it gets it gets a lot uh, deeper than we have a problem to communicate. And I think that's um, and right now. Communication, manipulation of the communication and the propaganda is apparent and is obvious. But we have a deep, deeper problem. We have deeper issues than that that you know, seem to keep um, popping up and coming to the surface and have never been resolved and never been resolved. And so it really isn't a problem to communicate. You have to wonder, how does a leader get into position? How do we put people? How do we put people in leadership roles who we allow to lie? That's a value question. I mean, how do we elect individuals to leadership roles when we know they're lying, when we know they're breaking the law, and yet they're continued, they're continuously elected? You know, in some ways it's a reflection on them, sure, but they know that they're going to get elected by lying, and it doesn't. there's no consequences. So why do the constituents still elect them? Is it laziness? Probably. Is it that they um, say things and they're the voice of the voiceless? Probably. Is it that there are some values, ugly values that are they uh, that they believe in? Sure, sure. You know, so so we have to really take a look at why why has 
you know, our culture and our overall American community become in many ways accepting of, of this type of um, rhetoric, you know. Why do we have a news station that just out and out promotes and lies? How do they survive? How do they get the ratings so high? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about, you know. They say something and people are going to turn in. A lot of people are making a lot of money off a lot of fabrication and propaganda, not considering the consequences until the consequences occur. And when the consequences actually occur, uh, for example, a, a Capitol building is stormed, then we lie about that and say that didn't happen. They were looking at it, but that didn't happen. Uh, so you really have to wonder, when, how does this cycle break? How do you break this cycle? And here we are in a country where those we can vote and have that voice. But yet there was an election and, and then a vote. And I think as a result of that, um, the results of that election, the outcomes were reflective of, the, of what was occurring. But then that was turned into a lie. So it's just amazing that in a country that is as powerful as the United States of America, with a military force as powerful as the United States of America, with the ability to um, have the resources that the United States of America has, with the ability to, to have the, you know, the economy, that uh, we're crumbling. The United States of America's biggest fault and biggest flaw is not um, really, it's communication. And it's the rhetoric, it's reckless, it's the reckless rhetorical practices of many individuals. You know, why are people, is it the weapon? Is it the weapon that is going to do the mass shootings or is it the individual? It's the individual that picks up the weapon. Now make no mistake, I'm not supporting um, assault rifles for 13 year olds at all. But what I'm saying is, why is that individual picking up that weapon? Why is that individual going into a public place and, and, and slaughtering people? That's the end result. You know, that's the end piece. What got us there? What's getting us there? You know, where our norms are so warped in that direction, it's, uh, it comes down to the fact that you know, how we, oops, look at that, man. There's a little bump in the mic right there. How we communicate in the power of the word, the power of rhetoric. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's really, uh, it's, it's a period in our history that I think, you know, historians right now are so important because they're recording this accurately, hopefully. Artists are so important because they're reflecting and responding to this whether through music or painting. And eventually, once we get back, you'll see it in dance and you'll see it in, 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 the, in, the, in the plays that will be written and the, in, in, in the music that's sung and the performances. You'll see it all. And, and it will reflect on this period in time when truth was thrown aside and uh, lying became a norm. And, and you'll see this. And, and, and it will change. It will change as, as normally. There's a cycle and there'll become a time when Things will settle down and truth will have value again. And, and we'll understand uh, and we'll look back and we'll say, look, look, at, look at how they responded. Look at the propaganda machine that rolled out and look what the consequences were of that communication. 
Because communication, they say, is a soft skill. Rhetoric's a soft skill. It's nothing to really focus on, you know, except when it is the ultimate weapon when in the wrong hands, which has been proven historically. And we're living through it right now. I think I'm listening to Jungle Jim. He's about to play up that song. This is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up. Coming to you right from the basement along the shores of the Seneca River. It's May. It's beautiful up here in upstate New York. What a great place to be in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, even in the winter. If you like winter sports, it's great. But right now it's beautiful. The trees are full. The water's crisp and clear. These the Finger Lakes, some of the cleanest lakes in the world. You can almost see it at the bottom in there. It's still a wonderful time to be up here. The mountains, the hiking, the swimming, the scuba diving. Um, Niagara Falls, the Atlantic Ocean, all that's here. The biggest, most exciting city in the world, the Big Apple. Upstate, New York, not just upstate, but New York. What a great place to visit. You could spend you could spend a year touring the state. Wine country, the mini Grand Canyon down at Lechworth State Park. What a great, what a great place. And this is Tim Marr. We're talking about communication and rhetoric. And this was failing up. Take it away, Jungle Jim. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.